Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest is Anita Isola, who I encountered as one of the top finalists in the 2020 Songs for Social Change contest, sponsored by the Renaissance Artists and Writers Association, with her beautiful and poignant song, Heartbeat. As you'll discover over the course of this hour, Anita's voice is sweet and sultry, and her lyrics are evocative and moving. Mixing jazz, blues, and rock with the music from her origins in India, Anita creates new currents of music and meaning. Anita's latest album is Beyond Our Dreams, and there will be bonus excerpts on the northernspiritradio.org website, portions of this interview that couldn't fit into the broadcast version. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's show, as Anita Isola joins us via Zoom from Atlanta, Georgia. Anita, I'm so very grateful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. I'm really happy to be here. I understand you're in the Atlanta, Georgia region. Whereabouts? Are you right in the city or suburb or how is it? We live in Smyrna, which is just outside of Atlanta, just in the suburbs, but not too far. (laughs) Yeah, and been there long? About since 2013, we moved here from Houston. So yeah, going on eight years. (laughs) So Houston to... Atlanta, Georgia, and other places you've lived? Lots of other places. So before Houston, it was Washington, D.C. Before that, I was doing my master's in Boston. Before that, I lived in Chicago for several years. And prior to that, I grew up in Michigan and went to undergrad in Michigan as well. And where in Michigan? I grew up in Farmington Hills, mostly, although we moved around a lot. And I went to school at University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, where I've been several times and have good friends. A lot of good music around there, too. Were you doing music back at that time? No, not as much. I mean, I I love Ann Arbor. I was a student. I was involved in music, but through the university. I was in a very competitive a cappella group, and we would do gigs all the time around campus or things like that. And I also would perform Indian music along with the Indian American students, often, but I didn't really do my own project or work as an independent musician or songwriter until after I graduated. And what were you studying? Was it music? I mean, because you've also been a teacher, right? Right. So when I first went, I started as an engineer, actually, mechanical engineering, and then I realized I didn't really love it. I switched into a major in math. I still love math. So I did a bachelor's in mathematics, a minor in music, and a teaching certificate for secondary teaching. So let's get started with your Song of the Soul songs. What do you want to share? We could start with Beyond Our Dreams. I've heard that you wrote this really inspired by your son. I understand also that 
you thought you had to get all your ducks in a row before you could be a parent, <laughs> yeah. which is <laughs> such an amazing thought. <laughs> yeah, I was really scared of becoming a parent, about becoming a mom. And yeah, somehow thought that there was this end and this time, this very fixed timeline. And then I realized that, oh, you know, I had, we had my daughter and I realized that I was still a version of myself afterward that, and in fact, it was just a version of myself that had opened up in a way to life that I previously could never fully understand until becoming a parent. And so it was very enriching. And yeah, so then when I was pregnant with my son, I started writing Beyond Our Dreams. And I just thought that this was a journey that we were going to keep on together, that our journey really never ends, <laughs> even when their journey begins, and that we can travel along together in our dreams, our pursuits, and our own endeavors. And that is the example that I would want to be for my children, not to sort of appear as a dead end that's given up, but as somebody who just keeps moving forward, keeps being inspired, keeps pursuing those inspirations and those dreams. Well, before we actually play the song, I'd like to mention leading in, there's a solfege that you share. When you're leading into the music, it's very clearly melding some of Indian, Eastern influence with music that would be more grown up on this continent. Yes. When did you learn to do that, to be pull them together? Because a lot of people, you know, it's like, you know, this is this, this is this, they don't come together. Yes, we could talk, I think Long Way Home, which we'll get to later in the show, is the first time I started pulling those together, really. And I'd heard, I used to, just in my life, the same way, have silos. It was like I had my classical piano self, then I had my Indian classical vocal self, and I also had like my American person at school, my Indian person at home, you know, and I, I feel like my music has been a metaphor for my life that I can be many things and I can be many things at the same time. So I studied Indian classical vocals and ragas growing up. And there is an Indian classical raga that is, has always been my favorite, incidentally, that is very related to blues. You know, when you really listen to the rules of the raga, and so the way the ragas work is there's scales. And instead of like, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, there's a sari, gama, pa, da, ni, sa, which that's what you'll hear me going in, in and out of a lot in my songs, especially in this song. And there's a lot of improv, but within a certain raga, there's a mood that's created, and that mood is created by the certain rules that you have of the scale. And so in this particular scale, Rag Jog, it uses both the major and the minor third. It does not use the minor second, actually, in the actual raga. And it uses a major third on the way up and a minor third on the way down, like every time. And so that's kind of something that you'll probably hear me playing with. This is very technical, so you can feel free to cut out some of this. <laughs> and uh, you'll hear me playing with this a lot. And that's why, to me, it was very natural that I could sing some of these lines, but then they would very much connect to a blues scale. And then, so when I was improving a piano, I could play a blues scale and kind of play with those things together. So that's something that's really fun about this song. And I always, even before I was pregnant with my son, I always wanted to write a song that was in this raga, just for that reason. I mean, it's just two things that I loved so much that were being pulled together in this way. And once I started to hear things being blended together, then I could hear it 
more and more and more. And so in just everywhere, even when people don't hear it. So that's been part of a fun part of my journey. <laughs> I think we're now much more prepared to listen to Anita Isola's song. It's title track from her 2018 release, Beyond Our Dreams. And you'll hear this wonderful mixture, the beautiful mixture, actually, of the Indian and her American upbringing coming out through her wonderful chords and piano and the richness that she conveys through her music, Beyond Our Dreams.
first song is title track uh, of Anita Isola's 2018 release Beyond Our Dreams is the song and again that wonderful weaving together of the influences of the east and the west and transcending the stereotypes you know it's beautiful and so again that's Beyond Our Dreams and that was influenced by your son Actually, the way that I got to know you was because you entered one of your songs in the Songs for Social Change competition last year, and you were one of the finalists on the CD they released. How much of you is pure artistic creativity, and how much of you is activism? Can you divide up your personality? I I have a sense that there's a real mixture in you. It's a mix, yeah. I mean, if you asked me this question several years ago, I probably wouldn't have guessed that my music would have taken such an activist turn. (laughs) I just feel like as an artist, I write about what is really meaningful to me and what I'm feeling. And, you know, so for a period of time, that was, you know, whatever it was I was going through as somebody living in Chicago and being single. And then it was like meeting my husband. And then it was having my children. And then it was the political climate. And I mean, it it just hit me like, like a semi, basically, <laughs> it just hit me in the face like a truck. I was so overcome with emotion over the last several years of so many things going on in our country and in our world. And it was impossible to ignore. And I did not know before I started writing 
about what was affecting me so much that I would become somebody who was such an activist and also simultaneously an activist in my writing. And that was an intersection that I did not predict, but that now has become a very big part of who I am as an artist and a person. What are your issues? I mean, clearly there's a piece of the chromatic diversity that you see differently because you've grown up in a family that's from India, right? And those of us who grew up, I was born and raised in Wisconsin, right? So even though I've lived for a couple of years in Africa and everything, my worldview started with a certain chromatic limitation. (laughs) What influences your activist views? I think to an extent, we all grow up with some limited lenses, you know, and I think I, even as an Indian American, yes, I experienced certain things, but I think that for a long time, I accepted a lot of those things as part of my reality. And I also maybe was hopefully oblivious to other things. (laughs) And then there got to be a point where I couldn't shut my eyes anymore. And then things were just right out in front of us. And I think it started to really come alive in 2016 when that's when I first started writing the song America, when there was this divisiveness that was becoming more and more pronounced. And then it just kept getting worse. And then it just became issue after issue where I felt so completely helpless. And I think it, for one, forced me as a citizen to get involved and engaged in more ways than I had ever done before. You know, when I was growing up, my parents were not very political. They didn't even vote very much. It was it was when I grew up and I started to vote that I started encouraging them to vote. And even then, I was only getting involved in the major presidential elections, probably in my first elections. I didn't really study every single proposal or all the midterm elections. And I think learning about how important activism is and just being engaged as a citizen at the local level and, you know, that we don't have to be helpless. I think I also realized that we had been complacent as citizens by letting go of power in so many ways at the local level and allowing these injustices to take place. And so with each subsequent injustice, both at the state level, at the local level, that would fuel my desire to write. I would still call my senators and my congressmen and everything, but I also felt like those calls were falling on deaf ears, but I still felt like I did my part. But when I'd go to the piano and write, there was a catharsis that I would experience that was beyond the phone calls and beyond the letters I was writing about these things. You know, I show up at the ballot box, I am writing and calling, but can I use my voice in other ways? And It was an emotional catharsis, and then I also realized that it could have an impact as well by expressing my art in that way, and that it could reach people. So are there some examples of this that are worth sharing with our listeners for Song of the Soul? Yes. Let's start with America. And when did you write America? When did this evolve for you? I started it somewhere in 2016 during the election cycle. When things were getting really, really divisive. And I started it in that period and I finished it after the election. So it was kind of written in this period of time. And again, your parents came from India to the US. Mm-hmm. You were born here? I was actually born in India, but my family was already living in Canada at the time. So when they first immigrated, they came to Canada 
Then my mom went to India on vacation to be with my grandmother for my birth. So I was born, but you know, not where we were living at the time. And we were there six months, and then she came back to Canada. And then we eventually, when I was very young, maybe like one or so, came over into the U.S., into Michigan. So you've got at least three nations you've uh, inhabited for portions of your life. And here's America. And by the way, this song really struck me. I don't know if you know who Jean Rowe is, but she uh, wrote a song called Arise, Arise. Your first verse of this song reminds me so much of a couple of verses. In one of hers, she says, we died near factories and strange fruit hanging from poplar tree and just a number of things. It it seems like you and Jean Rowe should get together and do some music. I just want to let you know. Uh, her song's called Arise, Arise, but America certainly hits that and an even wider tapestry from your experience. So, folks, we're going to listen to Anita Isola. It's from Beyond Our Dreams. It's called America. Some came here searching, some came here in chains. No matter what we all knew, we would never be the same. We all were hoping for a better way to live. We are America. With subway stations and tractor trailers and highways with eight lanes We wear jobs and cowboy hats but live on the same lane We speak every language known to man but we're saying the same
There's a song about America that we've needed to hear for a long time. Fortunately, Anita Isola wrote it maybe five years ago. And with that, I think we see more clearly the broad experience of people in this country, particularly immigrants. There's a certain portion of the, our country who just assumes, I've always been American. All my people are American, even though it goes back only one, two, three generations. Uh, so there's some wisdom and insight and broadening of our view that comes to us from America. Again, my guest today is Anita Isola. Anita, I-N-I-T-A, Isola, A-Y-S-O-L-A. And her website is neatisola.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org, along with all of our guests and programs from the last 16 years, a wealth of musicians and activists that you'll be able to access from our website. So northernspiritradio.org, come post comments. And uh, Anita, I hope you'll post a comment after you have this experience of this interview. And I want you to listen to my interview with Carrie Newcomer and with Gene Rowe. So you get to know these other people who I think dovetail with your music. And I think the the crossover would be wonderful. Uh, wonderful. I think all three of you uh, Carrie and Gene and yourself, you should go do some kind of a trio performance. It would be so rich and wonderful. And anyway, all of that is on northernspiritradio.org. Post your comments. Look at the radio stations across the country where we're carried. Our programs are carried on some 42 stations nationwide. And please help us connect with your local station if you're not hearing this via a community radio station. Also, there's a place to make donations. That's how this full-time work is supported not by government, not by corporations, because they have special interests and limitations. The community's voice is what I'd like to lift up through this program. So please support Northern Spirit Radio, our Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action programs via our website. And support your local community radio stations. Alternative music sources are so important. So much of our music is brought to us through a bottleneck. We're only six or 10 or 12 big names 
get me coverage. And you're obviously, if you haven't heard Anita Isola before, you recognize that she should be getting to more ears. And so please help us do that by supporting your local community radio stations. And Anita, I'm going to turn right around again and say, let's go to another song. We just went to America. Where should we go from here? Let's go to Bet on Us for a total different <laughs> direction. A love song of sorts. Yeah. Do you do much in the way of love song music? <laughs> I do some. Yeah. I wrote this song for my husband. Like I said, I, I do write from how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling at the time. And I definitely started writing more happy love songs when I met my husband. Before that, the love songs I would write were more like I have a song called Empty Glass and like more like the pessimistic. More tracks of my tears. <laughs> yeah, yes, that type of stuff. And then I met my husband and it definitely inspired, I will say, a more positive type of love song. And I wrote other ones for him as well. But this one, I you know, it was very near and dear to me. And I wrote it, you know, after we'd had both of our kids. And we went on a trip, actually, I think we were, I was starting to record my first couple tracks for Beyond Our Dreams. And we went on a trip to New York. And I was so excited to go on a trip with, like, just my husband. And anyway, we were all really excited. And then we actually had a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful and I mean for us and that was it was just interesting it was just a disappointment like we were excited and then it turned out to be disappointing and I remember thinking wow I've been with this person for so many years we've had kids together and we've been on many 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 trips together and I can't remember any other time that we didn't have an amazing time <laughs> And that was the inspirational song. I was soaking in the blessing of that. I thought, wow, that's incredible, actually. I would bet on those odds that it one out of the countless, countless, countless weekends and hours and trips that we've had together. One <laughs> wasn't great. That's incredible. And so that ended up being really, really inspiring to me, just thinking about, you know, there's so many crazy things going on around us. It feels like the world's falling apart. It feels like, you know, our friends that we've known forever and their marriages are falling apart. All these things are happening around us. But I feel so solid with this person and I feel so grateful for that. And so that was the inspiration for the song. And it's very bluesy. It's actually, it's very kind of Randy Newman. He's just, I, I love him as a songwriter. He's like maybe my favorite songwriter. So it's a little homage to him, but just an homage to blues and jazz as well. <laughs> Well, the song is Bet on Us. It's from Beyond Our Dreams, released 2018 by Anita Isola. Enjoy yourself, folks. Bet on us. We planned We never thought it would 
Anita Isola is here today for Song of the Soul. Not everyone knows how to make lemonade out of lemons, but with a disappointing trip that Anita had with her husband, Danu, uh, having a bad trip turned out to be a good thing. Well, I'd love to hear some more of your music and share it with our Song of the Soul listeners. What's next? So I was thinking Long Way Home. Long Way Home. I think you already mentioned this earlier when we were talking, that this is the first time that you really put together the Indian and the, is that right? Is that the song you're referring to? Yeah, this is the first song that I started fusing my Indian classical background with songwriting and what that could look like. And I just started experimenting with that. And the first time that I was doing it, I mean, I was writing, I was thinking, how is this even going to work? This is 
so weird. I'm sure everyone's going to think this is bizarre. And then I remember performing it, even though it wasn't on more than maybe, I finished writing it right around that time. And so I ended up performing it in that EP release and a couple other gigs that I did right around that time. And the reception I would get to that song was that it was just everybody's favorite song out of everything that I had done. And it was just so interesting to me because I, I was like, this is going to be kind of cuckoo bananas for people. Like, what are they're like, what is this? And the reception was remarkable. So then I felt very encouraged to keep exploring that direction. And I even got such high praise for this song from Jeffrey Steele. I, I applied for this songwriting boot camp in Nashville. And he's a Hall of Fame songwriter based in Nashville and does this boot camp. And I, on a whim, submitted this song and got selected and, you know, met him. And he said, I brought you here so I could talk to you about that song. <laughs> and he was just also so supportive. He's like, I just feel like you're really uncovering something very different. I've just never heard anything like it before. That song will always be really meaningful to me because it was sort of the beginning of that exploration. And when I had the chance to then record it again with the producer, with Shamrath, I loved what he did with it because I felt like the work we did on that and the ideas that he brought to the table really made it take a life that I do have to credit him for that for sure. He just did a beautiful job with the production and the mixing done by John as well. Just that the production team with Chucker Buddy and John Clark, they were just wonderful to work with. And just to, you know, kind of hear, it's one thing to have these ideas of fusion and it's another to work with people who really understand. I mean, Shumrath himself as Indian American has both backgrounds and then was bringing in these incredible musicians from Brooklyn Raga Massive who I had admired from a distance for years. And then suddenly they were on my album, you know, playing on all these tracks. It was extraordinary. So, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed putting this track together. And the track is Long Way Home, also released on Beyond Our Dreams in 2018. Here is Anita Isola.
so fortunate to have Anita Isola here with us today for Song of the Soul. Long Way Home is, as she said, with the first song where she really fused her Indian and American roots from music and put them in a single song, which takes an extra level of talent. You learn the separate things and then find out how they fit together. And the world needs people who pull the world together in that way. And Anita is certainly gifted in that direction. Again, long way home, Anita. Home, I wonder if for you, home is more a place or a culture or a person. And I I think that each of us tends in different ways that way. Some people are very rooted to a a specific spot on the globe, right? For some people, it's culture. And for some people, it's the person's. What for you? I feel like my husband is home, you know, just not. And now our family and that 
before that, I would say that I didn't really feel at home anywhere. And that is very common, I think, you know, for immigrants and even children of immigrants. You're kind of, it's like, well, India is not really like home and America's not really like home. You know, in India, I'm like too American and in America, I'm too Indian or whatever. Like that was the feeling growing up. And then I also moved around a lot. I was, you know, in Michigan, Chicago, Boston, like all these places. And then when, and my husband also moved around a lot. He lived in many more places than I did. He lived in Australia and like Dubai and, you know, England and India. And I mean, just everywhere, Canada, Saskatoon, like, I mean, everywhere. And, and so when we met in DC, it, DC was great because it is kind of this place for nomads. I feel like it just, it does bring together people, you know, from all different places. And so it, that also felt very homey to me. But, you know, then we kept moving and it was just, well, this, you know, my home is with this person. And now we're really, we've been in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area for some time. And Georgia is starting to feel like home more and more. But I do feel very grounded in the family that we've built. And that at least I know that even if our home changes, that it'll feel like home with them. And so that is more important to me than the location. Having said that, I do feel like, well, we've been in Georgia for some time. And I've been quite active in that. So <laughs> that could be a good segue. I feel like a very much a part of sort of the Georgia citizen and what that means and what that could mean and, and the power of that. So that has been something that I've engaged with quite a bit. But but yeah, I am the type of person that I, I never say never. I don't know where I'm going to end up for the rest of my life type of place, but I, I want to be with my family. <laughs> we better go on to your final song for Song of the Soul. Why don't you introduce that song? I wrote this living in Georgia and in response to what was called the heartbeat bill that was signed by Governor Kemp. And it was a very restrictive piece of legislation restricting women's rights. And I felt, I think it was the most restrictive piece of legislation on women's rights at the time in the country. And it was called a heartbeat bill because it was banning all abortions when a fetal heartbeat is detected. And that's before many women even know that they're pregnant. And when I heard about it and read about it, and and then even some of our great state legislatures were fighting against it, we just didn't have the numbers. We didn't have the votes to fight it from going through. And I made all my calls, but it still got signed. And I was really, I was beside myself. I was so upset about it. And I remember just you know, I became a mother and I went through pregnancy twice and it was absolutely incredible having the children that I have and I'm so blessed to have them. But I also felt like very fortunate, like this was my choice to make and I could make it. And I also had a support where we could give them good lives. And I still remember what my body endured, you know, but it was all this labor of love that I chose to do. Again, it was my choice. And I was so upset and I felt so helpless. And and this was the first time that I just, you know, I remember thinking, okay, this fetal heartbeat is what everything is hanging on. But what about, what about us? What about our heartbeats? What about the heartbeats, the living, breathing heartbeats of women? The ones who are writhing in pain as we give birth, the ones that are carrying children, the ones that are, you know, doing everything. What about us? Can you hear our heartbeats? And that is where the song was born. And I remember thinking back to the Women's March and this movement of, of women 
and our rights and our freedoms and our voices. And I wanted to write a song about that, about our health and our lives and our dreams and our hopes and <laughs> all of that. So it started with, can you hear our heartbeat? That's kind of where it started. And it started with that refrain. And this is one where I grabbed my husband and I said, let's write this song. <laughs> it was just burning. And so I had concepts, but then, you know, pulling him in, I felt like we could really flesh them out and finish it. And I just knew it was something really powerful. And I knew it was bigger than me. It definitely, I was afraid, though, because I never ventured to be so outwardly political prior to that point. But I felt like it was necessary. I felt like it wasn't a time to be silent. And it was also like I said, it was when I wrote it and when it was being written, you know, when it was coming out, it almost felt like bigger than me. So yeah, that's <laughs> how this song was born. And I, I think it also brought me to this Songs for Social Change, which is how we met. You know, I'm very proud of its message. And I do feel like this issue has not gone away. And there have been more and more states who have adopted similar legislation. And it's an issue that is very present and that we need to we need to watch, we need to fight. And I hope that this serves as a women's anthem and as a reminder of who we are, <laughs> what we stand for, and that we shouldn't back down and that we need to keep fighting. Anita, I am just so very jazzed, so very enthused, so very grateful for the time sitting here visiting with you for your music. You definitely play my heartstrings, and I cannot imagine being any luckier day than this day when I got to talk to you. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure. And again, we end with this last song, Anita Isola. Again, her website is anitaisola.com. Isola is A-Y-S-O-L-A. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. Here is Heartbeat. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.